Can we get an amen to that? Amen. And an amen for the den this morning as well. Uh, again, welcome to worship. And this is a day of celebration. Amen. And I, I missed y'all smiling faces last week. Uh, many of y'all may not know, but uh, I got away for a much needed and, and, and really ended up being a tremendous blessing, a week-long clergy renewal retreat. And it was fantastic, y'all. It was fantastic. We got off to, to north of Charleston with six other pastors, and we spent the week, each of us got a chance to spend an hour and an hour and a half sharing our call story, our call to Christ, and then our call into ministry as pastors. And it was phenomenal. It was fantastic. But we also got some play time in there, and I got to go saltwater fishing for the first time, and I caught a whopper of a red fish, and I'm going to ask them to put a picture of it on the screen. This was awesome, right? And, and listen, I was so eager to share this. I not only posted this on social media, but I began to text some of our church members that don't have social media, y'all, and that's when I re- was reminded of how much this community loves me and how much I love them. In fact, listen to this one thread that I had. I, I sent this picture to an individual, I won't name their name. I said, fishing with pastors last week was good. Missing you, how are you? And you know how the bubbles on your phone start bubbling up when someone's texting you back? Well, immediately bubbles came back, and this was their response. Got it up there? That was sweet of someone to loan you a fish for your picture. I about fell out of my chair, y'all, when I got that text back. And listen, listen, uh, her name will not be named here. But her smiling face is on the mural on Mill Street, if you're in case you're wondering who it is. That's for you. Luna, listening, in. She's listening in this morning, I have no doubt. But needless to say, it was a great time. And uh, we're going to have a great time continued in worship today. This is our Covenant Renewal Sunday. This is a day, as I mentioned earlier, two families are saying yes to Jesus through this community of faith called the Way Woodstock. And each of us are going to be able to have an opportunity to do the same thing. And for those of you that might be visiting today, you might be saying, well, man, I picked the wrong day to come. No, you didn't. (laughs) Because I believe that God has something for each of us through the testimonies that are going to be shared today, through his word that we're going to open up and unpack together today, through the songs we've already sung and the praise that we're going to continue on in worship today. God has something for each of us and all of us. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. So we're going to start today, I'm going to invite Sonny, one of our students, to come up and read for us our scripture, and it's from Nehemiah chapter 9. Come on up, go ahead and grab your spot. But I want y'all, if you've got a Bible app on your phone, or you brought a print Bible, or you want to grab one of the Bibles that's in the pew back, turn to chapter 9, because we're going to camp out in chapter 9 of Nehemiah today. But before we do, let's hear the word of God from Nehemiah. Sonny, would you share it with us today? Our scripture... Oh, our scripture. Our scripture reading for today is from Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 38. In view of all this, we are making a blinding agreement, putting it in writing, and our leaders and our Levitites and priests are affixing their seals to it. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Sonny. I appreciate it. Would y'all pray with me this morning? Almighty God, I thank you for the opportunity and privilege to gather in your presence. God, what a joyful day this is. It's a gift of a new day. And God, as we continue to praise you and to seek you this morning, as we continue to ponder what you would have for us, Lord, I pray that you would open our minds, our body, through the power of your Holy Spirit to hear this word anew today. 
and that we might be renewed as we reflect upon your word, and not just the written word, but the living word, your son, Jesus Christ. So may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts and minds be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and redeemer. I ask this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the church said, Amen. 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 In view of all this, we read, in view of all this, well, what is all this? That's Sonny Red. In view of all this, that's probably a question you're asking in view of all this. Well, that's what all of chapter 9 is about. The backstory is, is we find ourselves with a ragtag misfit group of Israelites. They have been in exile for nearly seven decades. Under Babylonian rule, the Babylons have, have been knocked over by the Persians, and the Persians are sending people back to their native lands. And so waves of exiles are going back to Jerusalem, but they find it in ruins. They're devastated. They're dismayed. But in the midst of those waves, we find Ezra and Nehemiah, these two mighty men of God. One a priest, Ezra. One a builder, Nehemiah. Nehemiah comes back with a burden of rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem and in the, in the process rebuilding a community that has lied fallow for far too long. And Ezra is there right alongside him to help renew the spiritual fervor of a community that has been scattered and shattered for far too long. And that's what we find them saying here is in view of all this. We find them having gathered after those walls have been rebuilt. The community has begun and begun to reconnect with one another. Worship has begun to to revitalize in the community of faith. God's word is being read. God's law, if you will, as we see it written here, is being read. And as I open this morning, the in view of all this begins with the in view of who God is. Verse 5, I want to reread it for us. Stand up and praise the Lord our God who is from everlasting to everlasting, but it doesn't stop there. The Levitical priests that are shouting this out to the people go on and say, Blessed be your glorious name, and may it be exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are God, the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all their starry hosts, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to everything, and the multitudes of heaven worship you. In view of all this, starts with in view of who God is. God Almighty, God the creator of all the earth, God who created you and me and all of humanity and placed us into his creation. My wife and I had the privilege of going to the Hope Center's inaugural, or not inaugural, but their annual benefit dinner. And they asked me to pray. I I promised I wouldn't burn the rolls if I prayed. And so I kept it short, but I was overawed. An outpouring of some 700 people there, but the speaker said something that stuck with me. He said, if God is small enough to understand, God's not big enough to worship. If God's small enough to understand, God's not big enough to worship. Well, these Israelite people recognize that God was big enough to worship. Can I get an Amen. In view of him being big enough to worship. But it doesn't stop there. In view of all these things. Well, if you look, if you've got chapter 9 opened. In view 
of what? Well, verse 7 and 8 says, In view of God's promises fulfilled to Abram, Abram and Sarah, older than dirt, thought they were done, not going to have kids. And God says, you're not only going to have a kid, you're going to have a family that's countless as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. And I'm going to give you a land that I promise you. In view of all this, in view of a God that delivered them from bondage in the past, we pick up in verse 9 through 12, he's talking about in view of the bondage in Egypt. Y'all, we remember the Hebrew people, they were saved from a famine by going into Egypt, only find themselves in bondage for some 400 years. All sense of identity, all sense of community was lost. And yet by the powerful hand of God, they were delivered. In view of all this, well, in view of the law being given to them to help them to grow and to learn how to live in community, they had, they, all they knew was what it was like to be shackled. And we spent the last 10 weeks looking at those 10 words, right? 10 words that we thought were the 10 commandments, but really 10 words of life so that they might thrive and live as God intended in the context of community. In view of all this, and also in view of the fact that God would provide for them in the wilderness, manna, bread, from the sky and water from the rock as they journeyed to the promised land. In view of all this, in view of who God is, in the view of God's promises, but also in view of this, in view of God's grace, for these were some fickle people. Verse 16 picks up, but they, our ancestors, became arrogant and stiff-necked. And they did not obey your commands. They refused to listen and failed to remember the miracles you performed among them. They became stiff-necked in their rebellion, appointed a leader in order to return to their slavery. But, and I love it when there's a but in Scripture. But you are a forgiving God, verse 17 continues, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Therefore, you did not desert them. Even when they cast themselves an image of a calf and said, this is your God who brought you up out of Egypt. And when they committed awful blasphemies. You see, in view of all this, in the view of God's steadfastness, because it goes on in verse 19, because of your great compassion, you did not abandon them in the wilderness. Verse 20 picks up, you gave your good spirit to instruct them. You did not withhold your manna from their mouths and you gave them water for their thirst. For 40 years you sustained them in the wilderness. They lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out, nor did their feet become swollen. View of all this. Who God is. God's promises. God's grace and forgiveness. We find they are back to that promise of Abraham in verse 22. And they realize that that fulfillment of a promise centuries ago has materialized in their past with their ancestors. And they acknowledge this in verse 25. The second half says they once they came into the promised land, they ate to the full and were well nourished. They reveled in your great goodness. When's the last time you reveled in God's great goodness? When's the last time you sat and just reveled? In God's great goodness for you. They're acknowledging this. They're acknowledging this. Only these are fickle people. As I mentioned earlier. And God's goodness gave way like a yo-yo to them reveling in other things. In their selfishness. In their sinfulness. 
And the cascading verses that we find after this, we find them going back and forth, back and forth, turning toward God, turning away from God, turning toward God, turning away from God. Sound familiar? Anybody been there? You know, I don't know about y'all, but any of y'all got fickle friends? They're hard to hang out with, aren't they? Sometimes you want to unfriend them, don't you? But not God. But not God. Just when God had every reason to give up on these fickle people, we find that also in view of his patience with them. Verse 30 picks up this way. For many years you were patient with them. By your spirit you warned them through your prophets, yet they paid no attention. So you gave them into the hands of neighboring people. But in your grace, great mercy, you did not put an end to them or abandon them. For you are a gracious and merciful God. And it picks up in 33. In all of this, in all that has happened to us, you've remained righteous. You have acted faithfully even while we have acted wickedly. In view of all this, in view of God's greatness, in view of God's promises, in view of God's deliverance, in view of God's provision, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's faithfulness, even when they weren't faithful. Resonate with y'all today? Resonate with me? In view of all this, well, as Sonny read earlier, they were willing to put some things in writing. They were willing to, to make a commitment yet again with the God Almighty. God that's willing to walk with them and beside them. They're willing to put in writing a way in which they desire to live in a way that God designed and desired and equips them and you and I today to live so that we might thrive in the context of community and make an impact in the greater community around us. Which leads me to the question I have for us today. What will our response be in view of all this? What will our response be in view of all this? You see, it's not just in view of what happened in that day, right? Not just in view of, of, of those gathered in the ruins of Jerusalem, seeing a rebuilding of a community and the, and, the, and the rejuvenation of life together there, but what about in view of what God's done in your life? My life. Our life. What about in view of the fact that God's promises are always yes and amen? That that he said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. In view of a God that created the cosmos and yet was willing to come into it all as a child, as a babe, in a manger. And to walk this earth and to give his life as a ransom for yours and for mine and for all of us for the forgiveness of sins. Because, you see, it's in view of the cross. The cross of Christ. That we're reminded that when we're fickle, when we're unfaithful, when we're selfish, when we're sinful, God doesn't give up on us. God goes to the cross for us to pay for our sins. In view of the cross of forgiveness. But more than that, in view of an empty tomb. Can I get an amen? It's Easter all over. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And through an empty tomb, in view of this, we are reminded not only of the forgiveness of Christ, but the freedom found in Christ to no longer sin. 
And in view of this, a Christ that showed up and continues to show up to his disciples, even to this day, reminding him, reminding them of his presence in this world. And just as he did then, says to us, I will not leave you an orphan. I will send you the advocate, the Holy Spirit. You see, in view of God's promise, in view of God's presence, in view of the power of God that dwells in you and me, the same power that rose Jesus from the grave, as Paul writes, lives in you and I. The power of the Holy Spirit is to be his witness across the world. In view of all this, what's my response? What's your response? You see, faith is a deeply personal thing. Can I get an amen to that? But it's not a private thing. That's why we gathered for one hour today. We're not a traditional church, as Alan said. We're not a modern church, as Alan said. Yes, we express ourselves in both those ways and other ways as well to be faithful to God's calling to reach all here in Greater Woodstock. But we're created to be together, to do life together, to be His witness together in this world. So as a community of faith, the way Woodstock, I ask you, in view of all this, what will our collective response be? What will our collective response be? Because let's get real, in view of God's provision for us, you may not realize it, but it was only three years ago that two churches, having voted to come together, had yet come together. One was boxing up, one was painting up in order to make room for two to come together so we could celebrate Advent together in 2019. God's provision, bringing two communities of tremendous giftings that complement one another together for a better together future. God's provision. Only to go into a pandemic, y'all, and everyone's scattered and smattered. Many of us did too. And some of us are still struggling with that. Some of us are not here because of that. It grieves me and it grieves many here that there are those to your left and right that once were here, they're yet to return because of new grooves in life. But God's provision in view of all that. I stand here today amazed at a staff. I stand here amazed at a lay leadership team. That when things got tough and could have run the other way and given up, chose not to. Chose to lean in. To- chose to shoulder the burden. To continue to keep the doors open. To invite each and every one of you into the calling that God has upon our life. I am indebted to the ministry team here and to the lay leadership team of this church. God's provision, even in the midst of the tumultuous season we've experienced, and the newfound freedom we have to continue to faithfully live into that calling as the way Woodstock that we find ourselves in today. Speaking of God's provision, can I get an amen to that? But more than just his provision, God's vision for this church. One committed to sharing and hope, living with purpose for who? For the sake of others. One in which God gave us a vision of making what? Room. And not just a building next door. Although we are getting closer and closer to that reality becoming something we will celebrate. 
but a vision of making room in which each and every one of us is prepared to make room in our hearts for the other, for the outsider. A making room vision that allowed us to be a part of the birthing of the homeless coalition, y'all in Cherokee County, when there wasn't one that didn't exist where the average age of those on the streets are nine years old in our county, you, church, were part of making that vision a reality. Part of a church in which the making room vision is about also hosting other churches that are trying to plant, that want to do kingdom work, because teamwork is the kingdom work in the community of Woodstock. Can I get an amen to that? And Linked Up North is meeting over at River Ridge High School, but they meet on our campus throughout the week to pray and to practice worship because they have nowhere else to go. Thanks be to God for y'all for making room for them to be a part of this. You see, God's provision has been abundant here. And God's vision for this church has been nothing short of amazing for us. In view of all this, well, also in view of our collective commissioning, to be a part of the Big C Church. Matthew 28, to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of who? Father, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything that I have taught you, Jesus said, so they might live in the way that we live. Y'all, our celebration video has been a testimony to that. We have baptized the young and the old alike. Praise be to God. Others have said yes to Jesus through your faithful witness for Christ. In view of all this, well, I don't know about you, but I'm willing to put some things in writing. In view of my week last week of sharing my call story with other ministers and hearing their brokenness and their brittleness and their redemptive story of walking into a relationship with Jesus Christ and the burden that God put on their heart to to live out that walk with Christ as pastors rejuvenated my heart. You see, in view of all this, I'm willing to rededicate my life to Jesus Christ to the glory of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit. I'm willing to put in writing that I'm willing to to live into the collective call of the Way Woodstock Church where we're committed to sharing in hope, living with purpose for the sake of others. I'm willing to put into writing that I want to be a part of the Acts Church I've been spending the last several weeks just going slowly through the book of Acts. If you haven't read it lately, read it. It's amazing. God went Pentecostal on us. And I want to be Pentecostal. That scares some of y'all, I know. But I want to be a spirit-filled church. I want to be a part of a spirit-filled church. One that has the power of God in us that we can go and lay hands on people and pray God's healing, pray God's wholeness, bring people into the joy and the hope found in Christ alone. One that will stand boldly on the corners and profess their faith even in the midst of persecution and mocking that happens day in and day out in our culture. I'm willing to put that in writing. I'm also willing to put in writing that I want to commit to the four core values of this church that we see manifest in the Acts 2 church. Y'all know what those core values are, right? Grounded in God's word. Not just a word. All of God's 
word. His whole redemptive arc from Genesis to Revelation is culminated in the living word, Jesus Christ, where we see the grace and truth of God intricately linked and teaching and inspiring us to live and to love the way that Christ does. Grace and truth. I want to put in writing I'm grounded in God's word. And likewise, I'm willing and want to be guided by God's spirit. Y'all, there was a moment in time I was scared of that. I'm not anymore. I'm hungry for more. I'm hungry for more. But I'll be guided by the spirit of truth. It will guide us in all truth and empower us to love the way that God loves. Because let me tell you, my love's imperfect. You can ask my wife, even. I love my wife. 22 years of marriage, thanks be to God. And I love my daughters, and Claire Bear's here too. But I know even my love for them is imperfect. And the only way to grow in my love for them is to allow the Holy Spirit, as Paul writes in Romans, pour forth his love into your hearts through the coming of the Holy Spirit. I'm willing to put in writing. I'm going to be guided by God's Spirit. But more than that, I'm also willing to put in writing. I'm willing to grow deeper in my faith. I, I, I've got an awesome group that I gather with on, on Saturday mornings, and I'm going to invite uh, Will to come share later and worship a little bit of his testimony of joining that group. But you see, growing deeper in your faith is not just a, a take. It's a make. It's not about taking. It's not about sitting and, 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 and being fed. Yes, it's that. But it's also about being a disciple maker. It's about going deeper in your faith so that you might also help pour into someone else's life and their faith journey too. Who are you bringing along with you in this journey together? That's what going deeper in faith is. It's not just personal, it's corporate. And lastly, going further for others. Yeah, Ann talked about it in our giving today. I, I sat and, and Penny was able to sit in on the call and I think she was blown away this past week. We have a mission outreach task force. Y'all may not know it, but we take a minimum of 8% of all tithes and giving and set it aside for local mission and ministry and outreach. That's beyond what we're doing with children and students and other ministry to formulate and to reach the least and the lost here. There's additional giving that comes into that. Year to date, nine months in, $47,000 have been dedicated to go out to reach the least and lost beyond these doors. For the sake of others? For the sake of others. I am willing to put that in writing today as my ability and opportunity to renew my covenant with God and with each of you question I have for you is how about you how about you let us pray almighty God I thank you for this day and I thank you for the way that you've intricately woven this community together God that you have much like in the days of Nehemiah and the bringing back of a community of the rebuilding of a community of the revitalizing of the spiritual fervor in the heart of Jerusalem Lord you're doing it anew in the heart of Woodstock through this community called the way Woodstock Lord knows you know we're not perfect God but we seek to be led by the one who is perfect Christ Jesus our Lord and Savior 
So God, I pray your favor upon us today. I pray a renewed sense of conviction in the Spirit today for each of us, for all of us. To commit to the calling you have for us personally and corporately. Because God, when we look in back and we see in view of all you have done, in view of all that you are doing, and in view of all that you want to do, if we would just yield to you more deeply and more fully. Well, in view of all that, God, may we this day, may this be our moment to renew our commitment to you and to renew our commitment to one another. I ask this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Amen.